Good morning on this uh, Tuesday morning. Lost my day there. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday talking about the sure word of prophecy. Uh, more sure than anything else. Uh, whatever revelation, prophetic ministry. The Word of God is always the basis for our trust, our guidance, and our leading uh, by the Holy Spirit, always according to the Word of God. In the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 27, verse 7, getting a little bit of background as to how David wound up where he was at in the situation where he found himself. And for that, we need to actually go back to chapter 27, 28, 29, before reading chapter 30. This kind of lays down a foundation to give us an understanding of what had happened. For about a year and several months, uh, David had been living in the land of the Philistines while he had been trying to escape from uh, the hand of Saul, from being killed. Saul would not dare to go into there to look for him, so he just let him alone. Now what's interesting about David is he killed Goliath. Goliath was ba- basically from the city of Gath. Uh, and Goliath had uh, four more brothers. And David went and asked the king there. He actually made friends with the king there of the, the Philistines in, in that city where he was at in, in Gath. And the king gave him Ziglog. For him to live in along with his families and their children and, and everything else. And this is, what it, this is where the scripture starts. In verse 27. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 27 verse 7. And the time that David dwelt in the country of the Philistines was a full year and four months. And David and his men went up and invaded the Gehazarites the Jezerites and the Amalekites. Remember, who invaded Ziglag? Ziglag. And it was the Amalekites that took everything. For those nations were of old, the inhabitants of the land, as thou goest to shore, even unto the land of Egypt. And you have to remember, Joshua was told to go in there and uh, expel, to get rid of all the inhabitants of the land. If they didn't, they would become thorns in their flesh and thorns in their eyes. And that's exactly what they were. They, from generation to generation, after the time of Moses, after the time of Joshua, after the time of the judges, and then now in the time of Samuel and David and Saul, we still have remaining individuals from these nations inhabiting the land that God had promised to give to the descendants of Abraham. But we notice that while David is living there in the land of the Philistines, (coughs) he invades three different groups of people. And he just does not invade them. But it says in verse number 9, David smote the land. And left neither man nor woman alive and took away the sheep, the oxen, the asses, the camels, the apparel, and returned and came to Ashish. That is the city where uh, where the king was at. 
And it says, And David saved neither man nor woman alive to bring tidings to Gath, saying, Lest they should tell on, saying, saying, So did David, and so will be his manner all the while he dwelleth in the country of the Philistines. In other words, he did not leave a single witness. So nobody could say, Who's the one that did this? But it was David and his men. And notice what they did. They did not spare man, woman, child, and individual. And as far as the, the spoils, they took everything. That's why David had so much. Uh, and then when they were attacked, they took everything he had. But then when he attacks the Amalekites again, he gets back what he had, what he had taken in war. And he takes back whatever other spoils were left over from what they had, the Amalekites and the others. So we, we find that this is really interesting because the, the scripture goes on to say the importance of the guidance of the prophetic ministry to the body of Christ. Now, we said already, and we set the precedence, that in the Old Testament... The leaders sought the prophetic word in order to guide the nation, whether it was in warfare or whether it was just simply in direction as to what to do. They sought the prophetic, and the priesthood was always also involved. So we had the, we had the, the, the leadership, the princesses, we had the, the prophets, and then we had the priest. Now, the scripture says, that in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 28, verse 3, remember I said starting in verse chapter, chapter 27, 28, 29, until we get to 30 to lay a background as to what is going on. Now Samuel was dead at this time, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramoth, even his own city, and Saul had put away all those that had familiar spirits and wizards out of the land. And then... It was time for war again, and the Philistines surround and come to fight. And Saul is not looking too good. And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart greatly trembled. This is in verse number 5 of chapter 28, 1 Samuel. In verse 6 it says, And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dream nor by the Urim. Remember, the priest, the high priest, wore the ephod that had a breastplate on it that had two pouches that contained two stones. And we said that it was believed that the questions were asked uh, to the priest and the Lord would answer by lighting up these stones or doing something to the stones so that it was a either yes answer or a no answer. And when Saul went to the high priest to get an answer to, uh, from the Lord concerning the Philistines, it says that he was not answered on his own what he requested. He was not answered by dream. He was not answered nor by the Urim. And then it says nor by prophets. So it's very important to understand all the key clues that we are given here in the Old Testament as to the importance. Why would we want to get rid of the prophetic ministry 
in the day and age that we live today, when it'll be the end time, it'll be the worst time than any other time in history. We need to know more as to what God wants us to do, what God is doing, and what is the direction that he is taking his people. So once again I say, why get rid of the prophets? Because the devil wants us to. So that we'll have absolutely no direction and we'll be like uh, chickens without a head. Or, as Jesus mentioned, you know, take away the shepherd and the sheep will just be scattered. And then it says in verse number 7, Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that has familiar spirits, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said unto him, Behold, there is a woman that has a familiar spirit in Endor. And Saul disguised himself and put on other remnant. And he went, and he took two other men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, <clears throat> divine unto me by familiar spirit, and bring me up him whom I shall name unto thee. The book of Numbers, the book of uh, Deuteronomy, strictly forbids any dealings whatsoever with familiar spirits. We are not allowed to tap into the realm of the spirit in that sense, only by and through the Holy Spirit. And what God allows as far as the discerning of spirits and visions and dreams and things like that. But he had already been told to get rid of them. And he did. Now, because God is not answering him, he had been already forsaken. And he's not being uh, answered by dreams or by prophets or even by the ephod and the urim and the theorem that were in those little pouches. He basically is not only afraid of the host, he has no direction whatsoever. There is nothing like the sense of being lost and having absolutely no hope whatsoever. Thank God for Jesus. Because in our sense of being lost in this world, most people never even recognize it. And when they do come to that place, there is a living hope for us. Jesus is there waiting to embrace us and to take us and to show us that there is another way. And there is a way out through him. He'll always make that way. Even sometimes if it means death, but it is a way to escape the clutches of the enemy. So the scripture continues that this woman went ahead and uh, did what she did. She brought up a familiar spirit and that familiar spirit was the one of Samuel himself and he got himself into trouble. The woman says you're going to die in battle and all hope was gone for Saul. That was the last nail into the coffin. By that time we get to chapter 29 and the king of Gath, he wants to uh, join the rest of the Philistines in battle. They're going to be doing attack. But the Philistines don't want David to be there. Because they're concerned that he might turn right around and turn on them right in the midst of battle and go against the Philistines. Remember, they've dealt with little David the young boy, when he killed Goliath, the young lad, now he is a full warrior. He is a seasoned warrior. He's an individual that knows how to handle Goliath's sword. 
But now the Philistines don't want him there. And they tell the, the king of, of, of Gath, I said, get rid of him. Tell him to leave. We don't want him. He has till tomorrow morning. And David and his army left from there. And they traveled all the way to Ziglag. So here it is. Now they're at Ziglag. And when they come there, remember, they've just been rejected. This king said, you know, you're, you're, you're innocent. There's nothing wrong with you. I haven't found anything wrong with you. You're, you're a, a, a good man. In fact, he describes him as being almost an angel. Of course, he didn't know what uh, David was doing because there was nobody to come and, and squeal or testify against him what he had been doing. Therefore, the king says, you know, I'm sorry, I know uh, you haven't done anything. Uh, uh, he says to him in 1 Samuel 29, 8, And David said unto Ashish, But what have I done? And what hast thou found in thy servant so long as I have been with thee unto this day, that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord, the king? And... Ashish answered and said unto David, I know that thou art a good man. In my sight, as an angel of God, notwithstanding, the princesses of the Philistines have said he shall not go up with us to battle. Because it could be possible that, you know, he'll rise up against us. So early in the morning, they were to leave. And they did. Only after having traveled the distance that they had to travel, after having been rejected by a good friend, they find themselves coming home to total devastation. Total annihilation as far as they were concerned. Not a single woman, not a single child, not a single uh, boy or girl or animal, anything was left. They did not know what to think but the worst. So much so that they wanted to blame David and stone him as being responsible for their misfortune. But it was not his fault. But nonetheless, every opportunity in the will of God is always an opportunity for God to be glorified and for us to be able to grow in the grace of our Lord and what he has provided for us. And it is at this point that David is going to ask the high priest, Abathar, bring the ephod. I want to ask some questions to the Lord. And that's where we pick up next on Wednesday. With the Lord's help, join us as we continue our study on the prophetic. In Jesus' name be blessed. Amen.